Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mm-hmm. Let me make sure we're good sound-wise. Go ahead and give me a A. A. I don't know what Give me is. a U. You. <laughs> Give me an I. I. You're saying them all out of order. <laughs> Give me <yourself>. an E. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to a flick pod. I'm Ashley. And I'm Alex. And we are doing James and the Giant Peach today. Yup, yup, yup. Um, so I'm gonna be 100% honest. I, well, first of all, I find myself saying that all the time. So let it be known today, <laughs> right here with all our listeners and everybody present, Otis and Hank. Um, <laughs> I am honest all the time. So anyway. Yes. What they I call wanna- her Honest Abe. <laughs> No, they don't. <laughs> Honest Ash. <laughs> um, but I totally forgot that this was a book that was written by Roald Dahl. You forgot it was a book? I did not put two and two together, but I was like, so seriously, I was watching the movie and I was like, this kind of reminds me of Roald Dahl. And then I like, <laughs> I looked up fun facts about James and the Giant Peach and, and it was just like, it's like one of those things where you like knew it, but you like forgot, right? So like when I yeah, thought yeah. it was a book, I was like, oh yeah, it's a book. You know, like it yeah. wasn't like, oh my God, I'm an idiot. I just was like, oh, oh yeah, it's a book like viral doll. Okay. That makes sense. You know, like I, yeah. no, I got you. I got you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So there's obviously some things that we need to address uh, before we go forward. So Roldal had some statements that came out uh, recently. It was like the beginning of 2020, I think, that it was kind oh, of uncovered. No, no, no. But oh, okay. um, he has a, a foundation that his second wife and his daughters put together. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And on the website was a statement that he made during an interview. And he made some anti-Semitic comments. Oof. And so we do not uh, abide by that. We are fans mm-hmm. of Roald Dahl. Obviously, his writings and everything. We're not a fan of, I guess, him himself other than we yeah. we like his literary works. Um, but, yeah, we do absolutely do not condone that. And we know that the damage that that has done, even from a little statement that he could have made um, or did make, a statement that he did make, the damage that was done in the it's never going to go away, that damage. And so... 
Um, his family came out and made an apology, uh, and it was very sincere, and they did uh, correct the website, and so I do appreciate that. Um, for our new listeners, how we set up our episodes or how our episodes are structured because we kind of like, we went on hiatus, now we're back, and we didn't explain anything in Legally Blonde, and I was just <laughs> thinking about that. So basically, how we set up our uh, episodes is we do our intro, obviously, you gotta know who you're listening to, uh, <laughs> and then we do an overview, and it, I wanted to explain how we do our overviews, because it sounds <laughs> insane on Legally Blonde. If you didn't listen to the <laughs> Halloween episode, you're like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, and so yeah. what we do with the movie overview is we used to like look up a movie overview and just like read it. Read that. And but it those was suck. they sucked and it was actually kind of funny sometimes. But mm-hmm. we decided it was better if we just each set our own movie overview and we just made it up on the spot. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so that's really what we try to do. And what we've discovered is I'm terrible at it. And no, Alex stop. does a pretty damn good job. So she carries the weight on that. Uh, and then we go into we go into fun facts, just kind of whatever piques our interest. And then we go into characters and we start with our second favorite character, then our first and then our least favorite character. Mm-hmm. And then we have some other like extras that we might do depending on how we're feeling. And then like on men's. <laughs> and then we uh, uh, end the episode. And so. Just so you guys kind of know what's going on and we don't sound mm-hmm. literally insane. Insane. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> now you know. So, okay, cool. First, before we get into anything else. So, this movie was, uh, it came out in 1996. So, it's actually mm-hmm. been a while. Like, I guess I didn't realize. That's old. How uh, old it was, which means that we're old. We are old, officially. <laughs> um. So, I went... So growing up, I loved this movie. I watched it all the time. And I think if my mom listens to this, uh, first of all, I hope you are. So hi, mom. But also, um, I hope (laughs) you can attest to this that I did watch this all the time because I remember watching it all the time because I remember the bugs. I remember watching it, I think, a couple times. I definitely would not say it was one of my favorite movies because I... Uh, fun fact, guys, about me, I don't like bugs. Any you like of you bugs who life? Me, okay, that's so different. That's so different. Why is Those bugs, bugs life different? Because ants are just there. You know, they're not hopping up in your face. You know, they mind their own business. They just want to, like, feed their family. Okay? <laughs> so it's fine. I mean, like, creepy crawly. Okay, I like ladybugs. Okay, ladybugs are fine. Butterflies, cool. But moths, those are a no-go. Spiders are a no-go. Anything that, like, crawls around. Why'd you say moths? Moths uh, eat flesh, and so I'm not down with that. They're not even in James and the Giant Beach. Why are you bringing it up? I just wanted to, like, give everyone a general. Isn't there a moth moth on Bug's Life? Yeah, but she's different. Oh! (laughs) She's animated. This is such bullshit right here. Okay, you know what? I'm going to change. I will change my phrase, my statement. Okay. Real life moths freak me the F out. Cartoon moths or animated moths are probably okay. <laughs> Depending on the film. Is that better? Because that makes oh you happy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> if, it, if it suits your needs, it's okay. 
That's right. No, okay. But yeah, no, I just, I just remember not really liking the, the, I mean, it was okay, but I think now that I've watched it again as an adult, I kind of see why I didn't like it. You know, not only the life-size bugs, which, you know, that's a whole other thing, but just the, the cruelty of James's aunts, it really like gets under my skin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll get into all that. We'll delve in. Um, but we need to do our overviews. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Because okay, so everyone, uh, my now husband, Lucas, (laughs) we got married on Monday. Uh, So exciting! Congratulations! Thank you, thank you. You can all clap. Pause for applause. We hear you clapping in your car, and we appreciate you. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) Um, So I have a lot of Luke things in my notes as well lukeisms that i would like to share as well so you can do your overview first and then i'll do luke's (laughs) okay so james and the giant peach is about a boy that okay i guess i have a question and i didn't look this up but like are they in australia no they're i think they're in england because at one point in in the movie they they cross the Atlantic oh, that Ocean makes sense. New York. Why yeah. did I? Oh my gosh, my brain. Oh, I literally was like, oh, they're in Australia and they can see New York. No, they freaking can't, Ashley. No. What even are you saying? <laughs> oh okay. my gosh. Maps okay. are hard. Anyway, are hard. no, it isn't. I love geography. <laughs> I wanted geography be one time. Goddamn, can you calm down, please? No, I can <laughs> never calm down. Okay. So, James and the Giant Peach is about a boy that his parents died, I'm assuming, uh, in a storm. But for the book and the movie, we're talking about the movie, get focused. For the movie, they got killed by a rhino that's like a storm or something. And Mm -hmm. then he is, for some reason, uh, his amazing loving parents uh, either willed him or they have no other relatives living uh, to these ants that I couldn't really determine if they were on the mo- mother side or the father side. It doesn't matter. They're abusive ants. James is like making friends with bugs and stuff in his room because he has no friends. And um, he meets this magic man. And magic man. this magic man gives him these little bugs and he's like, hey, t- okay, take care of them or you know, shit's gonna happen if you don't do a good job. <laughs> and James is like stoked out of his mind, I'm sure. And he trips. And honestly, the trip was really legit in the movie. Like it looks really good. And so then anyway, the bugs go everywhere. One of the bugs um is like hidden in the leaves or something. He ends up finding it later. And it goes into this peach in the tree or it goes into the tree or something. And the peach grows humongous, as big as a house. And the ants come out and they're like, this is our peach. And James is like, nah, dog. And then, well, that doesn't really happen till the end. But, and then, um, he, he ends up, how does he, he ends up eating one of the worms, but for some reason that's escaping me. And he turns into a little puppet boy and he goes into the peach and there's life-size bugs in there. Uh, the peach rolls into the ocean. He captures seagulls to fly him across the ocean to New York lands on the Empire State Building, and he is forever has a family that loves him, uh, and he lives in Central Park 
in the core of the peach. And that is the end. Mic drop. The, the end. <laughs> Period. Period. <laughs> wow. Thank you for that uh, very long overview of the movie and the story. <laughs> um, I just want to say really quick about the whole rhino thing. Because at first I was very confused. What the F is a rhino doing on a small English island? Okay. Okay. So there's some fan theories. Before I do my, I just want to do, there's a couple of fan theories. Okay. So first of all, in the book, it is an actual escaped rhinoceros that eats and kills his parents. Oh my God. I need to read the book. I need to read this. So in the book, a real rhinoceros escapes from God knows where. And eats his parents, and that's how they die. And so, um, in the movie, they do it a little differently, and they oh make it. Oh my god! Look- Could you freaking imagine? <laughs> yeah, that's just insane. You're where just first like, of all, where to come from? <laughs> and nobody's capturing it. Like I don't understand what is happening. Okay, I guess sorry. not. The rhino, the rhino lives on. <laughs> no, but okay. So, so in the movie it's funny because if you have not read the book, which you haven't, right? I have not so, read the book. So for somebody who hasn't read the book, this is kind of what I feel like. And you can, you know, chime in. Um, it looks like a storm, right? And there's a fan theory. That's like James was so young when his parents died that he kind of like processes his grief by associating the death with a rhinoceros and that's like his his aunts um you know they like taunt him and they're like don't you stay out there or the rhino's gonna get you because Rhinos they're so cruel herbivores. yes what it, nothing so. makes sense anyway please Hold continue we, we need to google this really quick google what do rhinos eat okay <clears throat> Black rhinos are browsers that get most of their sustenance from eating trees and bushes. Yeah. Okay. Herbivores. Okay. So, so anyway, Anyway, rhinos don't eat people. To cope with the trauma, he has created this rhino, rhino. and that's what he associates with the death of his parents. Right. And and so the rhino encompasses his grief and his fear and all of his issues that he's got going on in his little brain. And that's why, like, towards the end, right, when they're in the Arctic or whatever, and they're like, oh, my gosh, the rhino's coming. And James goes out and he's like, I'm not scared of you anymore. And which is so freaking. I know. It's an awesome <gasps> part. Amazing. Anyway, so I just wanted to address that. So in the book, it's a real rhino. In the movie, it's more of a metaphorical rhinoceros. Very interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. Yes. yes. Okay. So I'm going to do. A uh, Lukeism <laughs> overview, and this is a uh, word-for-word quotations. <clears throat> oh. Get ready. <laughs> I'm ready. The movie is about a little kid whose parents died, and his evil bitch aunts take care of him. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't actually take care of him. They beat him and mentally abuse him to the point of a psychiatric breakdown. And that's where the story begins: a hallucinogenic adventure where he tries to escape the reality of his fucked up life. Oh my god. Oh yeah. <laughs> so Luke and I were really on the same page about this. Uh-huh. Because, and I don't know, maybe it's just, maybe other people saw it differently, but when James 
send so he makes his little paper lantern thingy, mm-hmm. right? And he's singing his song, which is heck of sad. <laughs> and My and name is James. <laughs> okay. Poor, please poor go. kid. So he, <laughs> so he makes his little paper lantern and we kind of were thinking like that was him like actually like sending for help. Like that's his you know, that's his SOS. And he's he's so He's so like abused and you know, it's, it's so sad. It's so freaking sad. But anyway, sends out this SOS and then this man appears and we were thinking, okay, so what if this man is actually someone who's trying to come help? But James is so young, number one. And number two, he is like filled with trauma and so doesn't quite like know how to cope with things. And so it's almost like he invents the life-size bugs and the green little worm thingies to like understand what's happening. Like it's his adoptive family and they adopted him. Got you. Right. Cause another fan theory that I saw, which makes a lot of sense is that James, um, so he's with his aunts, right. And turns out that he's got other family in New York and that's who all the bugs are. This is a fan theory. I don't know if this is true, but, um, so the bugs come to like rescue James, basically. And since James has no friends and no concept of how to like socialize because he's been, you know, isolated from other children, he like sees his friends as bugs and sees his family as bugs, if that makes sense. And so the whole journey in the peach of going from the island to New York is like him basically getting used to his new family and and then, so fast forward to the end, right? He's stuck on the Empire State Building. They get the peach off the Empire State Building. And the ants show up. And they're like, come on, James, you're coming with us. Also, James- side note, I just uh-huh. realized, I always was like, oh my god, it's disgusting how they like are like waterlogged and like they have the crab on them and, yeah, and all gross. this stuff. And so I'm watching the movie, it's not the end yet, and, I, and I'm thinking about the end. And I was like, oh my god, they drove through the ocean? <laughs> I was freaking dying. I was like, that is hilarious. That is yeah. so funny. Like, kids can't comprehend, like, boats and mm-hmm. airplanes and whatever. It's so amazing that he was like, they just fucking drove. <laughs> they drove. They freaking they drove, the drove through the ocean. No prob. Like, that's how no they prob. got there. Anyway, sorry. Continue. Yeah. No, no, that's, it was really funny. But yeah, so, so the ants show up, try to take James, and basically James has to, like, stand up. And tell the police officer, they beat me, they don't feed me, this and this, so that he can go live with his new family. Who are bugs, but in reality, they're his family. Yeah, that checks out. Like, I was trying to get to that point, but like I said, like I was telling you before we, like, got started, I, I, um, need to give myself more time to watch movies that I haven't watched in a long time. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that makes so much sense. And that I my brain was like trying to get there. It was like what is what is what is this trying to tell me? Yeah. without telling me. Right. right. You know? And and yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And the other thing too is, I guess I I should have mentioned this as well, but like so remember he's it's it's still sort of the beginning, right? And he's like talking to his little spider friend singing his song and then the middle of the night happens and the ants like freak out because they see the spider 
and they don't, you know, they don't deal with spiders, I guess. So they're trying to kill it. And James is like, no, please. And he like catches the spider and like runs to take the spider outside. And so there's two ways that this could have gone. I'll tell you the way that I thought, and then I'll tell you the way that Luke thought. So the way that I thought is he's running and running and running. He trips and falls. That moment when he like falls down the stairs, he is actually like knocked unconscious. And the rest of what's happening is basically like a dream or his subconscious trying to like piece together what's happening. Sort of, kind of, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, there's something, the magic man, when he first comes at the beginning of the movie, Mm -hmm. he straight up says that uh, James disassociates to cope Mm -hmm. with his aunt. Mm -hmm. He straight up says that. So anyway, go ahead. Yeah, it's it's very like psychologically deep this movie, mm-hmm. and um, so that's that was what I was thinking. And the way that Luke saw it was like he fell down the stairs, and his aunt ended up smushing the spider, and basically killing his friend. And that was kind of like a point of shutdown, psych- psychotic break, um, you know. Because from that point on is when he starts, you know, he meets the man. The peach, you know, he goes inside the peach and turns into a puppet boy and, you know, the whole rest of the movie, pretty much. So it's so sad. Like, it's a really sad. It's really sad. So, movie. like, um, I guess that brings us, unless you wanted to do a movie overview that isn't Luke's. Oh, no, me and Luke can share that one because we were on board. <laughs> okay. We were on the so same page with that one. that kind of brings me into, like, my fun facts, right? So, mm-hmm. um obviously doll did not shy away from mature themes right like, totally and that brought him a lot of critics right so mm-hmm. like as we already talked about child abuse there's also death yeah he this book was number 50 on the most challenged books from 1990 to 1999 i saw that yeah right uh pretty crazy um mm-hmm. in like wisconsin they said it had the yeah. innuendos mm-hmm. um I did not pick up on that, I guess. I didn't either. When the spider licks her lips, it's apparently... And I don't even remember in the movie. I think it's just specifically in the book. There's a part where Miss Spider licks her lips. And they took that as, like, she's being feisty or something. Oh, so. okay. Well, whatever. Uh, anyway, um, it's pretty crazy, like, how nostalgic this movie was for me. Like, it almost like made me a little bit emotional like in my chest rewatching it like but at the same time i was like it is so sad with the child abuse and it was like serious it was serious abuse and it what's crazy to me is legitimately nobody knew he was there at the house i know because if you think about this part right where they get the giant peach they start Mm -hmm. like doing some entertaining or whatever james Mm -hmm. is only allowed to come out of the house when everyone's gone it's dark it's night yeah yep right and so it's like yeah they probably don't know he's up there at all yeah. because he obviously doesn't go to school it, yeah so sad um it's, it's super sad so alex did a lot of like movie fun facts as she should have i kind of got wrapped up into uh the, the book, writing the of the book and how it became a movie because that was very interesting to me and so also, I, I really like Roald Dahl as a writer, and so I was super interested in that because I guess I've never really explored any of that. He stopped writing this book because an earlier work that he finished writing 
got nixed by the mm-hmm. publisher and the publisher was excited about this book and it was yeah, gonna be his like that. first like children's literary work. Mm-hmm. Um and he was like it was something like you'll get a children you can pull my children's book right out of your arse is what he yeah. <laughs> said about his publisher. Like he was not happy with him. And when he decided to like follow through and get the book done, which the reason why he started writing the book is because he was writing a screenplay for something else and that mm-hmm. got nixed. And so he returned to James and the Giant Peach to finish it. Um, mm-hmm. And so when he decided to finish it, the lady he got to do the illustrations, her name is Nancy Eckholm Ber- Burkert. And she mm-hmm. was actually born in Sterling, Colorado, which is just south of where I live. Oh, cool. Cool, cool. So not just south, but it's like a couple hours. Um, yeah. But I thought that was pretty cool. Apparently, she's pretty well known for her illustrations of Snow White. So mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. But it is said that the reason why he picked her, even though some famous artists wanted to do the illustrations for it, was mm-hmm. because she was easily controlled. Yeah, I saw that. Because Roldal apparently is likes to be in full control of every piece of his yeah. works which well and he had a very 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 vivid imagination so he had like a lock on exactly what he wanted these illustrations to look like yeah pretty much yeah, yeah. and he also didn't want this book to be made into a movie yeah <laughs> um which i thought was interesting but i understand mm-hmm. why and he mm-hmm. said it's too difficult to write a screenplay for it and that's why he didn't want to get it made now the reason it was made is because his second wife after mm-hmm. his death wanted i can't i don't know how to say his last name selick selick the guy who directed the nightmare before christmas they wanted him to direct the movie and roldal's daughters really admired him as well and they thought that he could do a really good job portraying Mm -hmm. this movie and there was a quote from one of the daughters and i didn't write it down but she said that they thought that maybe like because he was so famous that he would kind of like want to make it his own and just like kind of take control but they had very specific things that they wanted done um, to honor their dad and everything. And he was like very, he wanted to work with them and he was easy to work with. And and he like honored that for them. And yeah. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, um, also, did you know Roald Dahl wrote the screenplay for Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? I did not know that. I That's know. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I know. I freaking love Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And then he mm. also fought in World War II. Did you know that? I did not know that. He was in the Royal Air Force. um, And then he ended up doing some spy work for MI6, apparently, which I thought was kind of interesting. I don't, it, one place that I read, it said he was a spy. And another place I read, it said that he, um, cause he got injured in a, in Mm. a airplane crash. And then he returned to service. And during that return to service, he like was helping MI6 in some capacity. So he was a freaking spy, and that is the coolest thing ever. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, trying to remember. Oh, he was like, uh, he worked closely with Walt Disney. Did you see that? No, I didn't see that. So he made um, Gremlins. He wrote the Gremlins or whatever. Roald Dahl did? Yeah, he wrote. Wow. Let me look it up so I say this right. Learning something new every day. Yeah, the Gremlins is a book by Roald Dahl. So when it was made into a movie, he, there's a picture of him and Walt Disney 
And Roald Dahl is young as hell. I did not realize he started riding when he was so young. And he's in his Royal Air Force uniform. His uniform? Wow. Yes. With Walt Disney. And they're like, they have some gremlins sitting in front of him. And so, yeah, he like worked with Walt to wow. make the movie or whatever, which I thought, I was like, that's really, really cool. How, hold on. When did Gremlins come out? Because, hold on. Gremlins. Because I'm thinking the of book, the, like. The book was published in 1943. Uh, and then there's the adaptation, which is the Gremlins, the Lost Walt Disney production. And that's from 84, right? I don't because, know. Sure. Well, I'm thinking of Gremlins, like, where they look like evil Furbies, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that movie came out in 1984. So when did Roald Dahl die? I feel like he died, oh, 1990. Yeah, I mean, he's not, he was around, like, yeah, a okay. decent amount. Okay. I just, I was, like, confused on the timeline. It's one of those time facts that's, like, trips you out. Yeah. So as we already kind of discussed is he was a little bit problematic, like put on blast by critics for racism uh, mm-hmm. in in this movie. James, the giant penis, racism, uh, oh. drugs and drink, sexual innuendos. Yeah. In this movie, apparently there is well, not apparently. I mean, it is said the grasshopper says something about being eaten by Mexicans. Oh, like he would rather do something. Be eaten by Mexicans, then do something else or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I actually remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, very interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. Drugs and drink and then the sexual innuendos, which is the spider licking her lips or whatever. And then Roald Dahl uh, obviously was not a big fan of critics because critics are adults, right? Mm-hmm. And so he said, adults are poor judges of the quality and appeal of children's books. You know, because, I mean... Adults don't get it. They like want yeah. deeper meaning. They want whatever. And mm-hmm. it's like sometimes it's just like fun, fantastical, whatever. Yeah. And so uh, all of my facts are from rolldoll.com and mentalfloss.com. Uh, mm-hmm. I have one fact from d23.com, which is like Disney fan club or something. Mm-hmm. And it's from Selick, the director. He said one of the shots took six days to complete and it was 12 seconds of screen time. Wow. With the puppets. Yeah, because they did stop motion. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Crazy. That's how they used to make animated movies, dude. Like, can you imagine? Okay, so for my fun facts, like Ashley said, I went more like the movie route. Just because when I was looking for fun facts, they were all popping up about the book. And I was like, you know, I think I'm going to just try and stick with the movie. So all of my fun facts are from, I always get this wrong, IMDb. IMDb. IMDb.com. Okay, so for my first fun fact, there's a scene in the movie, right, where they're going underwater to, like, rescue Centipede, I think, right? Yeah. Um, And the captain of the ship, who's, like, a skeleton or whatever, um, is actually Jack Skellington from The Nightmare Before Christmas. And so the the quote from IMDb says, when Centipede opens the door to the pirate captain's quarters, he exclaims, a Skellington? Which is funny because it's actually Jack Skellington. The puppet head that was used for the captain is actually the same as Jack Skellington from The Nightmare Before Christmas. When Centipede discovers the compass, he says jackpot. Oh, my word. So when I was looking up characters, because I like to look at a list of characters when I'm trying to figure mm-hmm. out who my favorites are. It was like Jack Skellington. And I was like, 
these freaking idiots. I was like, no, he is not. Okay, that makes sense. You yeah. know, it's so funny because I've always loved that captain guy. Like, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I've always really? liked him. Yeah. And that's, that's why. why. That's why. Yeah. It has to be. It has to be a that's psychological funny. thing. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. I love The Nightmare Before Christmas. That's That was cool. Okay, my other one is also from imdb.com. <laughs> okay, so in the book, okay, Spiker and Sponge, who are the ants, they're killed when the peach rolls over and crushes them. Thank God. So, so like, in the beginning of the book, they die. And then okay. James goes on this fantastical adventure. But in the movie, they survive, which, damn, goddamn. <laughs> well, um, I feel like almost the movie was, the more I read about the book, which I'm going to read the book now after this, I'm like, I feel like I didn't do my due diligence for our listeners by not reading the book <laughs> and also, but anyway, I feel like the book is kind of like, it's like Matilda. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Right? Like where mm-hmm. he's like, he addresses some things like mature content for children, but he makes it mm-hmm. fantastical and magical and whatever. And that's mm-hmm. really what we're supposed to be focused on, right? Is the right. magic and whatever. Of course. But in the movie, like, I feel like they made it real where mm-hmm. they were like this is just like what the fans are thinking the fans are, yeah where they're like the fan theories are like you know it's a psychological thing when yeah. and this is yeah. representing this and and i feel like i feel like that's on purpose like i feel oh definitely 100 percent. because if the ants are killed right off the bat in the book why would you keep them alive in the movie uh, yeah. unless you were trying to Make have a subliminal, point. yeah, right. yeah, for sure, for sure. So that's that's definitely on point. I and then my last fact, which you already said, was Roald Dahl didn't want it to be a movie. 
You guys know that I actually carries the weight of the fun facts, but I'm two this time. Not okay? today. Not today. You did so good. You had, also, you had so many. <laughs> Okay. So yeah, I did. I had a lot, but mm-hmm. it's just yeah. because I like Rodal and it was just, yeah. he's an interesting person, I guess, more than I realized. So, yeah, I really, I really like his books. Like, uh, when I was working at an elementary school in Sacramento, one of the, um, classes that I was in, they read the book, The Witches. Have you heard of that one? Yeah. Um, and I guess they're like making it, I think it was made into a movie, but they're like making it into a new one or have made it with Anne Hathaway or something. But that is a damn good book. Like I was so into it. I was reading it with my students. Like it was cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Well, I think, I think we should do a poll. What is your favorite Roald Dahl book? What is your favorite Roald Dahl, whatever, like, and we'll just like list a bunch of stuff and that would be really cool. Like, I want to know because I know people like them. So I want to know more. We're going to get into our characters. So second favorite first. I'm going to be honest. (laughs) They call me Honest Al. Just kidding. They they don't. Um, I am honest, but they don't call me that. Um, (laughs) I... I didn't write down any favorite characters. You and sound, I will... you sound so regretful. Like they don't. I am honest, but nobody calls me that. Like <laughs> everybody call Alex honest Al. <laughs> no, <laughs> obviously no, she okay. wants to be called that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. I've got other nicknames. So. <laughs> <Okay>. Bye. <laughs> um. So I didn't put any favorite characters, and I'm going to tell you why. Uh-huh. It is really. It was really difficult for me to pick out good in this movie, just in general. Not saying it's a bad movie, but saying, like, it's full of bad, sad things. So, if that makes sense, it's... So, I guess, okay, okay, you know what? It's okay. You don't have to. I have probably... I wouldn't say that they're my favorite characters, okay? But I would say that they are characters that I like does that does that quote your boat yeah sister bro yeah brother mother sister (laughs) 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 okay so should i go first (laughs) yes second okay character that you like okay not favorite just i like sort of um so my number two is the grasshopper okay i think that he is really nice and I mean, of course, all the bugs are really nice to James, right? Because they're his friends. Um, but I, I especially like the part where they're on top of the peach and it's like nighttime and he like plays the little music. It's so beautiful. Ashley looks it. like she's going to cry. I love it. I love that part. I yeah, love yeah. that part. It's just very uplifting because James is so sad and it's, it's, it's just really a beautiful moment, and I think well, that's why. I also think I like it so much because he's like teaching him how to explain his emotions, and like totally, this totally, is what yeah. I do when I'm sad. This is what mm-hmm. I do when I feel happy. Like, yeah. and it's just really cool. Like, because newsflash, you should be teaching your kids how to feel their emotions, not telling yeah. them not to feel them or that they don't feel them. Don't totally, do that. Totally, you need to be telling your kids like does it feel like it's in your chest does it feel like it's in your hands is it in your Mm -hmm. head like you know and just give them words to what they're Mm -hmm. feeling and james 
it's like beautiful how they do that through this movie is like each bug is teaching him something or giving yeah. him something that he didn't have. And it's just like, right. Really, really great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm a hundred percent with you on that. It's just, it's just so like back to being sad. <laughs> it's just so sad that, you know, he never had a chance. Well, I shouldn't say never because he had, you know, what seemed to be a great relationship with his parents, but you know, something so traumatic, like both of your parents dying at such a young age. It's, it's, especially when you go into a new home where they are awful to you, you don't really have space or capacity or ability to show your emotions or feel your emotions. Like you're saying, like, it's just sad. I used to see it a lot, like kids not knowing how to feel sad, you know, like, like you could just see it on their little faces, like getting frustrated and me trying to say, it's okay. Like, you know, I feel sad too sometimes, or, you know, just trying to give them something to be able to like reciprocate, if that makes sense. Yeah. What I see a lot is kids not knowing how to cope, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they feel they feel sad, but no one's ever been like, it's okay to just feel sad and like sit in that mm-hmm. for a little bit. And like, this mm-hmm. is how you get over sadness, or these are some tools that you can use to like mm-hmm. not feel sad anymore. Uh, and so like coping that way, like same with anger, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I'm sick and tired of seeing kids, high school kids, whatever. And their parents feeding into this where it's like, mm-hmm. well, you lost because the commentator didn't do this or you lost because the basketball wasn't the right size or I saw that kid kick it and that made it lopsided. No, how about you say you lost because the other team, it was their time to win. Yeah. And I know it feels really horrible to lose, but that teaches us something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, sick and tired of seeing it. (laughs) Sick and tired of being sick and tired. (laughs) Same, same bro. Anyway, sorry. Um, No, that's a great, that's a great tangent. I love it. What, who's your number two? My number two <laughs> is the NY police officers. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. I guess officer. Um, officer. One. Singular. He, I really, so recently I came in contact with somebody that uh, we were talking uh, and they, you know, became emotional and they were just letting me know, like, you know, no one's ever chose me. You know, they had some childhood trauma uh, and just when people were choosing James and like the bugs chose him and the New York officer was like, I believe you, you're answering to get the F out of here, you know, like, and that they like chose James, like how validating and how wonderful that is, you know, like, uh, the movie, um, to all the boys I ever loved or whatever. Mm -hmm. Did you watch the third one? No, I've only seen the first one. Okay. So the third one, the third one literally is all about this. Like I was bawling my eyes out because I am like, make sure you're doing a spoiler alert in case somebody has not seen it yet. Not just (laughs) me. Okay. But other people in general. Okay. It's not a spoiler alert, but this is something, this is something that they, they address, right? Like being chosen and like what that means. And like when you have childhood trauma like that, and if you're in a relationship with someone that has like had issues with that and like being able to, navigate that and help them understand like what you're feeling and why you're choosing what you're choosing and it has it's not that you're not choosing them it's like that it's healthy to choose yourself and like things like that you know and so yeah it's just really interesting I that's why I like the New York police officer like I feel like 
every second that he was with James, he was like, you're going to be okay. You're safe. Like, we're going to take care of you, whatever it is, you know? And then when the ants came, he put himself in between James and him, helped him get on the car and was like, you need to stay away from him. Mm -hmm. And when James said, you abused me, you starved me, you beat me, Mm -hmm. whatever, the police officer believed him and was like, okay, that happened. If you say it happened, then it happened, you know, and you guys need to get the fuck out of here. And I think that that's a really beautiful and essential pivot for police officer characters in children's movies because I don't know if you have like noticed but especially in older films police officers are very dismissive or rude or like I'm thinking about Annie right now right the original Annie when the police officers like you know who are you what are you doing whose dog is this oh yeah you think it's your dog show me that it's your dog and she's like come here Sandy come here Sandy and my heart just breaks. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, just like that's that to me is the quote unquote typical police officer type character in a lot of children's movies. So for this police officer to not even hesitate to protect James and to listen to James and to help him and you know what I mean? I think that was a nice turnaround yeah. from the typical Especially in the climate, the the political climate we're in right now, you know, where, like, police officers are, you know, and not all police officers, obviously, but there's some bad police officers that are doing bad things are not being held accountable. Yep. It's really sad. And and also, this movie's older, so it's not really, like, relevant at this time. But it's it's nice, just oh, in general. I think, I, guess, it's always, I think it's always been relevant. I just think well, people sure, sure. have not been seeing it. Right, as right. much as they should be, and exactly. that we need to be reminded that yeah. police officers work for the public, and mm-hmm. we've forgotten that. And so, yeah. right. So anyway, yeah. that's, moving that's on. what I, that was my little tangent. Yeah, no, for um, real, I love yeah. that. So, who's your number one most liked character? <laughs> Not favorite, most liked. Um, so it is a tie, sort of, kind of. Okay. Between Miss Spider and James himself. Because, mm-hmm. so I would pick James, but it's so hard. Like, you want to love him. And of course I do love him. Because he's just like an innocent boy and, and has been through all this trauma. But he doesn't really, I don't know, in my opinion, he's not like the center of the movie. Or, or that doesn't make sense. He's, he's not the, the dynamic change in the movie do you know what i mean does that make sense please explain (laughs) okay i'm i'm sounding confusing but what i mean is like james is here he's he's just (laughs) i don't know how to explain it okay hold on so james is you know going through some stuff emotionally Mm -hmm. psychologically whatever and i feel like although he is the center character he is not the one who is I don't want to say like moving the plot, but, but you know, like the bugs, everything that they do is for James. So like you were saying earlier, I feel like each bug taught him something or gave him something he needed or so that to me is like moving the plot and like character growth and more dynamic than just James as a character himself. So that makes sense. Yeah, I see what you're saying to add to that. And also the flip side of that, 
the reason the bug stepped up and gave James what he needed is because he vocalized or showed some like, like, for instance, the first time they're like, James, that's a great idea. Dreaming is good. You know, like the first time they talk to him about that, the first piece of encouragement and positive Mm -hmm. anything that he's probably gotten since his parents Mm -hmm. died. Yeah. And it's a very like first time where they're like, because, okay, what is happening? The very first time they give him this positive whatever is because Mm -hmm. they're like, how are we going to get this peach out of the motherfucking ocean because this shark is coming? And Uh James is like, we could do, never mind, it's probably stupid. Mm -hmm. And he like vocalized that and the bugs were like, listen, we want to hear it. We want to hear it. Tell us. Well, we could catch these seagulls. That's a great idea. Nobody else has any ideas. Let's do it. You know, like... (laughs) I see exactly what you're saying where it's like they're moving the plot along. They're giving him what he needs. And they're kind of like the most interesting characters. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Because you kind of like Roldal was saying, and I didn't say this in my fun fact, but he wanted to do like an animal centered movie or like book. Right. He wanted to do a animal centered book. Mm -hmm. But he thought after seeing Winnie the Pooh and uh, uh, Peter Rabbit and all of those that came out. He was like, what do I choose? All the interesting characters have kind of been. Yeah. And so that's why he chose insects. And and really, I think that's what makes this movie so intriguing is that they are giant insects that people might not like a centipede and a spider, a black widow spider. Like all of those things are kind of creepy crawly. And yet they're loving family characters and friends and they do nice things and whatever. So totally. Um. So, yeah, like, I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Like, no, totally. He, so, like, James, every time, you know, like, when the grasshopper's teaching him about his emotions, he's like, you know, I'm feeling, like, sad. Like, he didn't understand his feelings, right? Like, yeah. he's with this yeah. loving family and whatever, and yet he's feeling a little blue. Like, why is that, mm-hmm. you know? And so, yeah, and him teaching that. So, it's just, yeah, it's just interesting. Just yeah. an interesting movie. Totally. And then the tie with Miss Spider, because I feel like she... She's very, um, her, her and James, I feel like are very mirrored characters where she feels like she doesn't have friends. She feels like people don't like her. She's like, they're just afraid I'm going to eat them. You know what I mean? And kind of together, they like work on their relationship with the other bugs or the other people. You know what I mean? Like she opens herself up more and. So, so that it's it, that's a tie for me, but but like I said, it's it was hard to see like it was hard to pick a favorite because the movie is just so doused in sadness. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. So another thing I want to add about the bugs before I give you my first one is yeah. the other thing I really like that they do in the movie. <clears throat> like I said, I haven't seen the or I haven't read the book. I haven't seen the book. I haven't read the book, uh, so mm-hmm. I don't really know how it's portrayed in there. But when the centipede and grasshopper are fighting and the centipede jumps into the ocean to get the, mm-hmm. you know, the compass yeah, and compass. everything, it's really beautiful how they were role models to James about, look, we were fighting. We didn't agree, but I don't want him to die. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not okay. And Mm -hmm. that when he came back up, they were like, you know, I basically without saying it, they were like, I love you and I'm glad Mm -hmm. you're here and let's work together. And I, these are the things that I appreciate about you. 
and and how they were like role modeling that for James and how like really healthy and cool that was because obviously Spiker and Sponge not only were they cruel and awful to James but they were cruel and awful to each other yeah um and so he had no understanding of how to build healthy relationships and like Mm -hmm. all he saw was Mm -hmm. this fighting and obviously it was he's kind of used to it but it obviously stresses him out and that was his friend and his family and they jumped into the ocean and that worried him and so they went and found him and everything and that they like were able to like do that for him like just really cool but um so my number one character is miss fighter yeah, um, she's a good one. The reason why I think I like her so much, because I was like, obviously, it's going to be one of the freaking insects are my first, right? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. James is too typical of a choice. <laughs> um, uh-huh. But anyway, <laughs> one of the bugs was probably going to have to be it. And so I, I was like, really thinking, and I was like, okay, well, Grasshopper, you know, I remember being a little kid and really liking him. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I think as an adult, I really love Miss Spider because... Even though Ladybug and she's like, I love babies and I love children and whatever. She's (laughs) like grandma. Yeah, totally. And Miss Spider is like mom. And she tucks him in and she's like, I I love you and I cherish you. And you were protected me when nobody else would have. And I always want to do that for you forever now. You know, and like and and I feel like that's that's almost like a mother's love, right? Like. Yeah, totally. When a mom has a kid, it's like, here's someone that, I mean, if you do it right, is going <laughs> to love me forever. Mm-hmm. And and that's kind of like what she was like for Jane. You know, like. Yeah, totally. Their relationship is really beautiful. And, and I think it's really cool that Roldal picked um, a Black Widow spider to like be that. Yeah. Because, like, I'm assuming it's kind of the same in the book or the relationship is maybe a little bit the same mm-hmm. because it's so unconventional and you wouldn't, mm-hmm. like, pick her. You would pick the ladybug. Right. But, like, ladybug is like, Wah! like, she's just a yeah. little, like, chaotic. <laughs> she's, like, chaotic good, you know? Yeah. And, like, yeah. Miss Spider's, like, not. She's, she's very a calming presence for sure. Yeah, she is. Like, mm-hmm. out of all of them, even mm-hmm. the grasshopper. Yeah. She's like chill. I love yeah, it. She, she's for sure chill. So. Who was your number two? I already forgot. So my number one was Miss Spider. My number two was the New York police officers. And oh, now that's right. we're that's on right. our, we're doing our least favorite. Our least favorite. Okay. Well, obviously <laughs> for me, the least favorite characters are the aunts, 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 whatever you want to say, because they're just despicable. Pull. Do you say ants or aunts? And it's just going to be the same word. <laughs> same word. <laughs> anyway. That's going to be great. Ants or aunts. Sometimes I say, I think most of the time I say ants. I say ants. I okay. want I want to be the type of person that says aunts. But I know, I, right? I'm not. I'm not that person. I'm not that That's fancy. okay. That's okay. But yeah, they're just, they're the worst kind of person. Like it really, you know, obviously child abuser people are bad right but if you really think about it like what kind of evil must live in somebody to hurt children you know what i mean it's just like when people hurt elderly people it's like what it's just it just really gets under my skin people who don't know how to cope with their emotions 
basically that's what it comes down to because people who hurt kids or abuse anything, yeah. anybody, yeah. any animal, yeah. whatever, they get angry. They mm-hmm. don't know how to communicate. Now, what yeah. is that doing to your child? So not only did you abuse them physically, mentally, emotionally, whatever it might be, now they don't ha- know how to regulate yeah. their emotions. It's a cycle, 100%. So what like, have you created? But yeah, so like my number three or my least favorite character uh, is is specifically uh, Aunt Spiker. Mm-hmm. Because I think she's the instigator of it. Um, oh, yeah. Sure. Not saying that Sponge is out of the woods at all. No, uh, no, no. She obviously instigates things as well. But if you notice throughout the movie, Spiker's the one that's like, you know, we need to beat him. You need to mm-hmm. do this. Oh, there's something in the microwave for you. Ha, 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 ha. Like, she has some fucking issues. Uh, Sponge yeah. does as well. But as you can see in the movie as well, Spiker body shame Sponge, makes mm-hmm. fun of her. What all this horrible stuff, and it's just a cycle, as we said. So, yeah. um, both of them are terrible. Both of them make my least favorite, obviously. But Ann Spiker, she really uh, irritates the fuck out of me. Yeah. So for sure. Yeah. So, so yeah, people out there, yeah. I want you to know that you can be the one that breaks generational curses, whether that is spiritually, emotionally, mentally, financially. Whatever it might be, you can be the one that does it. And we will drop a helpline on this episode and we will be posting about some of that stuff this week uh, when the episode comes out because I think it's so important that there are um, resources out there for you that are free and there are people Mm -hmm. that want to help you because maybe they've been through, you went through, or maybe they just want to be there for you and sit in that with you. Um, And... But you can be the one that changes it. You know, if you're in a healthy, safe place right now, you can be the one that is different and that changes it for you and changes it for your kids or whoever. And um, we believe in you. Yeah, 100%. And uh, I know this episode has been a little heavy, <laughs> but it's it's stuff that needs to be talked about, you know. And, and one thing that I, I am a, a believer in of not doing I guess, if that makes sense, is the bystander effect. So if you see something that you know is wrong, there's something called the bystander effect where you're like, okay, well, somebody's handling it. Like, I don't need to do it because somebody's handling it. No, you need to assume that nobody else is handling it. And if you're feeling like if you're thinking about a scenario and you're like, oh, my God, what would I do? Right. Like, do you confront the parent? Whatever. No, Mm -hmm. you ask the kid Mm -hmm. if they're okay. Yeah. Yeah. You ask the kid, are you okay? You can tell me. Mm -hmm. You know, like, is there anything I need to know? And if the parent is getting all upset, you focus on the kid. Because I guarantee that's the first time that that has ever happened. And they probably Mm -hmm. will confide in you. And Mm -hmm. you call 911 if it is obviously a situation, you know. And so, is it going to be hard? Yes. Is it going to suck? Yes. Mm -hmm. Will that kid probably thank you forever? Yes. Also, if you've reported child abuse and you feel like nothing's being done about it, I want to encourage you to the best of your ability, report not anonymously. Yeah. Because that makes so much difference. Like, I can't even begin to tell you how much of 
a difference that would make in cases of child abuse and whatever. When people call anonymously, yeah, it's like putting child protective services like on alert, but because there's not enough people working in that agency, they only follow up on the ones that they're able to follow up on. And if you call anonymously, yeah. they can't do that. And mm-hmm. so as hard as it might be, especially if you're in a small town or something, like really try to do that for a kid or, mm-hmm. you know, especially if maybe something went on when you were even in high school and you now know about it now as an adult and you want to do something about it, you absolutely can. You can be an advocate for victims that even if they don't realize that they are victims um, mm-hmm. and maybe that they've been affected by something. And so this got so heavy, but I so and obviously I do not think that we covered nearly as much as we can. So I will mm-hmm. be posting some resources or some other podcasts that you can listen to as well um, mm-hmm. that have resources as well, because I think it's uh, super, super imperative. Definitely. I do have some on men's though. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so my first on men is Glowworm because she is hilarious. She's the light of my Who- life. Huh. <laughs> That's excellent. Wow. You really outdid yourself with that one. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, she's just, she's just like comedic relief. And then Centipede is my other on men because he's, he's a character. I show. So I really, okay. Can I do an honorable mention for the core, the peach core? uh sure it's freaking beautiful i love the ending i love the ending where the house is the pe- oh it's so good i love yeah. it yeah i love it i also love the news articles that they do at the end mm-hmm. so funny oh the very 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 end of the movie after the credits have you seen that oh no you should watch it is it on Disney Plus? Because yeah. sometimes they yes! don't do the... Yes! Yes! Okay. Yes! I guess spoiler alert, but I'm going to say it anyway. That's fine. Um, Go, ahead. Go ahead. So at the very end, after the credits, I didn't even know... I think I watched the movie, like I said, a lot when I was younger because I really liked it. But I was listening to the music one time, and then I heard on the VHS tape, like, obviously there was, like, more stuff happening. So mm-hmm. I, like, go in the living room. And it's like they don't show the kid, but it's like a it's like an arcade game, mm-hmm. and it's the ants, and they're like sitting at a table, and they're like like it's an arcade game where it's like mm-hmm. there's like puppets inside, and this oh. rhino comes out of the side of the door, and the ants are like floating up here, and you like drop the ants to a certain point, and the rhino hits them on their butts as they're spinning oh. around. Oh my gosh! And then it's. And then the arcade game ends and the rhino goes back and the ants go back up into the ceiling and then that's the end. That sounds fabulous. It's really weird. I don't know. It's like super like, what is the word? Macabre? Like it's super weird. Like, yeah. yeah. I'm going to have to watch that. That sounds interesting for sure. Cool. So cool. (laughs) That's pretty much it. Um, Yeah. Sorry. It was like super saturated in um, sadness this is like so my bad because i picked this movie i hadn't seen it in a super long time i just remembered that i liked it yeah so blame ashley for your yeah sad no right please now. actually do because i like rewatched it and i did not give myself enough time to like do proper research and like really do what i needed to do to like honor the characters honor mental health i'm a super huge mental health uh advocate 
And so I feel like I did this movie an injustice and also people who struggle with mental health and injustice. And so I do apologize. But I think that this, this is like a great movie to talk about feelings and to discuss maybe things that are hard to discuss with children, right? Or maybe they know somebody at school that has gotten abused or something like that and you don't know how to address it. And like, maybe this would be a good way to do that. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to like speak to like, cause I'm not a licensed therapist or anything like that or a social worker or anything, but I think it's a very interesting movie uh, for that. So, so anyway, uh, please follow us at a flick pod pretty much everywhere. Uh, A A F L I C K P O D. Um, and thanks for listening yeah. as always we love our listeners uh we love to see that you guys are still listening and after our hiatus we super appreciate it uh-huh. Hi- hiatus hiatus and we're very glad to be back uh creating i hate saying creating content because that sounds so like lame but creating content for you guys you know this started out as just we would like talk on the phone about movies and be like, oh my gosh, this would be so funny to like record and give to the world. And so far it seems to be, you know, uh, aside from our one thumbs down on Pandora, which I'm still very upset about. (laughs) (laughs) It won't be, Um, it won't be our first. I mean, what the heck am I saying? What? (laughs) It won't be our last. It won't be our last. Yeah, Yeah. I'm sure of it. And that's okay. (laughs) Not everybody's flavor is a flick pod and that is okay. So, with that being said, uh, thanks again. We like to say thank you millions of times. Millions we really thank do. You, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> we do appreciate you. Um, and also, we will see you on our next. See you. We will talk yeah. at you. <laughs> we will talk at. We will talk. We, we will discuss while you, you listen at, <laughs> at you. I don't know on our next episode. Uh, and so we have episodes coming out um every other Wednesday as of Mm -hmm. right now and so we record every other wednesday opposite of the episodes coming out yeah i don't know how to explain this anyway um okay we will catch you next time uh thanks for listening as always Do you remember Sean? Tyler's friend? Sean Kingston? Oh. Sean <laughs> Kingston! Uh. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Sean. Sean the power. Sean the power. Beautiful girl. <laughs> 